always encouraging other people like a compliment just saying hi to people and encouraging myself because if someone's living and breathing they need encouragement especially ourselves on this journey of life because there's times when you're going to get down so a positive mental attitude is similar to <laughs> what the late great zig ziglar refers to as bathing it's something you have to do daily you have to really set the attention for your day the day before especially to really have a positive day and really do things to make that manifest this is before it's too late i'm your host christian sozon let's learn together what matters most in life in today's episode, we're speaking with best-selling author, certified coach, speaker, trainer, and podcaster, Dom Brightman, who empowers and equips others to share their stories and helps them unlock their inner value through reading, writing, and podcasting. You will for sure enjoy his amazing sense of humor with which he's doing all of that. Because of his own podcast, Going North, in which Dom features authors that share their life experiences to help others advance themselves, he was listed as one of the top 10 self-help podcasters in the world, alongside Brandon Burkhardt, Gretchen Rubin, Lewis House, and Steve Olcher. While in high school, Dom took a summer job at a public library to gain professional experience. Because of his love for books, he has later on written and published two books himself, one of which became a bestseller. It is called Stay the Course, The Elite Performer's Seven Secret Keys to Sustainable Success. In this conversation, we will learn from him about the Mitch concept from this book, which are five branches of self-awareness. M for mental awareness. I for influences awareness, T for time awareness, C for connection awareness, and H for habit awareness. I loved how Dom states that for him, it is all about encouraging yourself and others based on self-awareness, as this is the major key to lead performance. Also, you will hear from him, what the three skills are that millennials should develop and eventually master. And, of course, how he wants to be remembered. Please welcome wonderful Dom Brightman on Before It's Too Late today. Hey, Dom, welcome to Before It's Too Late. Oh, yeah, that's right. Before it's too late, indeed. Feels good to be here before it's too late. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Tom, you are a Maxwell Leadership Certified Coach. You are a speaker and trainer from Baltimore, and you empower and equip others to share their stories. You help others with unlocking their inner value through reading but also through book writing, coaching, and podcasting. So since I'm a huge book lover myself, I got really excited about getting in touch with you and learning more from you, Dom, <laughs> what exactly you are doing there and learn about more about your story. So tell me, please, 
How did you come to choose this path? Tell us more about your childhood. Ah, yes, indeed. The childhood, yeah, that's right. Swimming around in the placenta, good times. Yeah, definitely some good times. That's the best switch. <laughs> There's more than that. There's more than that. But yeah, but yeah, childhood for me usually involved me being in one of really three places uh, at home, playing in the neighborhood with friends at school, usually. <laughs> somewhat of a bookworm somewhat but not a not not a straight a student i, I got on roll and all that good stuff but not straight a's but i say pretty decent b c student and of course the church as well my father especially wanted me to really be in the church because he himself he was a he was a preacher's kid and he always wanted to go wanted me to go to sunday school with him so basically like 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. <laughs> Sundays, be at the church. And yeah, yeah, it was it was some good times. And really, the church is really where I discovered that I actually had a gift for speaking because folks told me for years I got this wonderful radio voice. And in my teenage years, like like one time they asked me to do the morning prayer and they're like, oh, my goodness, like, dude, like you, you pray like you've been in freaking seminary, dude. Like, oh, wow, thanks. I didn't even know that was a thing. Like, I, I, I did actually go to Christian school, too, growing up as well. So definitely the Christian faith played a big, huge role in my childhood since both of my parents, they were Christian. They were raised Christian. Father, he was a U.S. veteran mom. She was always into the book. She got her master's degree in psychology, and she was always in the books. As opposed to my dad, he just wanted to really make some money and just uh just get some respect by joining the <laughs> or by joining the military by draft not by not by initial choice because he originally wanted to ride his harley davidson but as soon as he saved up enough money to get one he got drafted so that was that but yeah childhood really was definitely all about the church the family and really growing up and just being there and heck i was actually even a quiet kid growing up like because the thing was i was the youngest out of the four kids out of the four kids in my family, I'm the youngest. And, you know, with the youngest baby, it's like, yo, yeah, the other ones, the parents are tired of them. It's like, oh, yeah, they, he'll be all right. <laughs> he'll be all right. And he'll, he'll raise himself. We, we did this before. The first three are still alive. So I think we're doing something right. So, yeah. And they try to keep the fourth a little younger by default. So it's like, yeah, let's make sure we try to keep him like a little bunny rabbit, you know, so pick the little ears or whatever. Metaphorically speaking, of course. And with that, like it still gave me an advantage because I sometimes call myself an old soul in the Sonic youth because my siblings, they were decades after me. My brother's at least 15 years older than me at the time and still is today. And I basically had to grow up fast. It actually reminded me of this classic Paul Mooney quote that, Hey, I may have been born yesterday, but I had to stay up all night. And that was basically me basically learning how to be around the older folks, the adults, <laughs> the grown ups, while still keeping why and just taking in things and i guess that kind of had an effect on who i am today where i'm more of an ambibur as opposed to just a solid introvert where i get to listen in and learn from people and have a curious mind and curious ears to help people really become the best versions of themselves because even with coaching like the best like one of the best assets for anyone especially any leader any coach is to have a good pair of listening ears we have to use them accordingly because hey we only got one mouth to talk but hey we got two ears to hear and when you hear that gives you so much wisdom wisdom comes when you hear more often than when you speak 
Mm, I love that. I think we need that skill now more than ever. But we might get to talk about that later on a little bit more. And then in high school, Dominic, you told me you took a summer job at a public library to gain professional experience. Tell us more about that experience and what your major takeaway was. Oh, yeah, sure thing. So it was, let's see, I think 10th grade for me at the end of 10th grade. And I was actually the better of the two grades that year. I had a better school year. And my mom was like, hey, I need to find a way to get my kids some employment here. So that way he can be a step above his buddies and get some darn professional experience. So that way, when it comes time for college and whatnot, he can have something to put on his resume. And since my mom's a mother of faith, she prayed for the opportunity that a job would show up. And a voice told her, hey, like, hey, get him. Get down in the public library and see if they have an opening. And one that was five minutes away from my house, it was basically had an opening for a summer youth internship. It was even a paid one. And they actually had me there for that summer. I got a work permit for my school and worked there for three months. And I didn't do anything stupid. And they liked me. So they brought me back when I turned 16 that year in September and worked there. And like it was one heck of a stark. It was really a stark reality. Like I needed a new level of energy because another thing about me as a kid, I wasn't really much of an athlete growing up because I had asthma and really didn't want to do much, kind of like that old soul and the Sonic Youth thing. So really, like I basically would fall asleep during class and the math teacher made me stand up one time <laughs> during class because I was so darn tired because I wasn't used to doing school from basically 7.30 to like, 3.30, then 5 o'clock being at work and serving the serving the public and just helping folks <laughs> with their daily lives and with customer service. So, like, really with that experience, it really, I'd say one of the biggest things I've learned from working in the public library, especially at that time, is that public libraries are community resources, especially in America, like public libraries. There are many things to many people that community hubs where it could be your local office. I know some people, they go to libraries to not only read and explore, but also to study. Sometimes libraries have these meeting spaces, like little meeting rooms where folks can meet, and they use those as like co-working spaces. And of course, kids getting books, and heck, even during the pandemic 2020, like in the Baltimore area, our libraries in that particular area, we actually had to expand the Wi-Fi in our parking lot so that way folks would have access to internet because a lot of folks didn't have access to internet. And we were drop-off points for kids to pick up free meals for their kids because the thing about the school year, another thing is that a lot of kids, like during the school year, that the meals they would get during school would be the only meals they would have. Sometimes they would go home and have nothing to eat. So basically filling in that gap and offering technology for folks to check out like Chromebooks and hotspots for folks to also use Wi-Fi at home. Like we've basically had to pivot. So really like libraries, people use them a lot more than what you expect. Because my first day there, they were like, hey, Dom, you look a little familiar. I think we've seen you before. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you've seen me before. Uh, yeah. And uh, they were like, hey, so you come here a lot? And I was like, yeah, I come here twice a year. And they all busted out laughing. And I was like, oh, I thought that was a lot. But some people, like from all the things I mentioned earlier, they come there every day. And through the 
process of working in a public library and seeing so many characters from so many different backgrounds. It helped me to transform myself into the person that you see today. Oh, wow. Dom, thanks for sharing all that. That makes me think that we should really look carefully when we are about to close down libraries just because we are in the age of digitization and everything gets digitized and we don't need any libraries anymore. There are a couple of folks who think that way. So, But you just make us aware that a library is more actually than just a library where you can read and lend books, but it's a community place. I really appreciate your framing it this way. Dom, and after having read hundreds of books and having developed a true love for books, you've written and published books yourself. Your first book is called Going North, Tips and Techniques to Advance Yourself. And the follow-up book became a bestseller with the title Stay the Course, The Elite Performer's Seven Secret Keys to Sustainable Success. Would you mind to elaborate on the seven secret keys to sustainable success and how you looked into elite performers? Uh, sure thing. And kudos to you for actually surviving saying the whole title of book number two, Stay the Course. Because <laughs> folks usually trip up on it. Stay the course. Yeah, it's not that easy these times. So I'm, I really want to learn from you, Dom. How can we stay the course? Ah, uh, sure thing. So Stay the Course, that book was written about a good, I'd say, two and a half years after Going North was published. Going North was published back in October 2016. However, that book was published at the time when I was just starting off my side business as an entrepreneur, speaker, leadership trainer, and podcast host, uh, and all that good stuff. And I was also doing full-time volunteer nonprofit leadership, having a full-time job and being part-time caregiver to my dying father who had Alzheimer's. And about six or so months later, he passed away after his long battle of dementia. He, we actually caught the darn Alzheimer's or found out about it back in 2012. And then he passed away after that. Funny enough, this is actually the looking back a few days ago. It was actually a five-year anniversary since we, uh, laid in the rest at the time of this recording. And I was going through some grief at the time that I didn't know about. Like there was anticipatory grief for the family for the most part, because say like any, anyone who's had to do some caregiving, I know that's in your realm of expertise, Christian, where you help uh, the dying and everything like that. And like there was anticipatory grief, but no matter how much you you prepare or think you've prepared for the moment to happen when it finally does like it's it, it'll hit you in ways like grief affects people in so many different ways and like if with me for example when when my dad closes off at the final time like i basically put everything on my back and was full of energy those two weeks leading up to a funeral and then the day after got up had a, had a small little headache for some strange reason that day i don't know why but got up went to work that day and thought nothing of it but come to find out a few weeks later apparently i was screwing up in certain areas and it led me to realize oh maybe i'm lacking some self-awareness here I, I i need to really develop a new level of self-awareness because i was going through some stuff at the time and 
my my boss called me out on it. It was like, hey, how you, you sure you're doing okay, buddy? And it's like, oh, darn, I guess I'm not. And that led me to realize, you know what? I think I need to really build my own self-awareness through emotional intelligence and doing some more research. And on top of that, also interviewing other authors from my podcast who also are high performers in their fields and high achievers as well, learning from them as well led to this book, Stay the Course, which really the thesis of the book is that self-awareness is the major key of lead performance. And under the wonderful cloud of self-awareness, you got these wonderful branches and I'll drop five of them for you since it's in a nice acrostic for you. It's a nice little acrostic m-i-t-c-h so if there's anyone named mitch listening you definitely probably got yourself a self high five moment right there so the m that stands for mental awareness you have to be aware of your mindset being aware of what's going on that was one of the areas where i was lacking at the time i thought oh yeah i'm just gonna burst through this use some good old brute force and just plow through like that doesn't always work you have to make sure your inner self is doing okay because it will show in your outer self and your outer world the i the influence awareness being aware of the influences around you what what you see what you watch what you hear the people that are around you like making sure like your whole environment not just the physical environment but also the people around you what you hear what you're constantly taking in watching your input then there's the T, which is time awareness, being aware of your time. And the reason why, uh, well, there's multiple reasons why I call it time awareness as opposed to time management is because you can't really manage time because time goes no matter what you do. It goes slow when you don't want it to, and it goes fast when you don't want it to. So you basically have to be aware of where your attention is going in the time you're allowed to have here on Earth. So being aware of your time and aware of what you're doing with that time. Then there's the C, which is connection awareness. This has to do with networking. Are connecting with wonderful people that will help you have a better future? Like, like today, like this conversation, like Christian reached out to me through a wonderful website, podcastguest.com, and that actually happened because I actually built up a body of work to where I was actually lucky enough to get noticed. And she's all the way in Germany, if I'm not mistaken. So like being able to have opportunities like this to have conversations with wonderful people and just building up relationships and digging wells before you're thirsty, like being aware of who you're connecting with. And the thumb to put it, the hand together, put it all together. The H is habit awareness, being aware of the habits that you have daily. Like, are they habits that'll build you towards a better future or they habits that are actually taking you towards your destruction, like not getting enough sleep. That's one of the bad habits that actually held me back back in the day. And I usually do a lot better job with making sure I get better sleep now, especially since I'm in no rush for children, too. That's another reason why I get some good sleep. Just acknowledging the parents out there, too, and just really focusing on doing things that help me have a better future that I can look back and say, hey, I'm so glad that the young wolf is taking care of today's old wolf, metaphorically speaking. Wow, Dom, thank you so much. That's so powerful. I was really touched by this big transformational moment you were sharing with us after the passing of your father that led to all this wonderful advice for becoming a better you with a higher level of self-awareness and all that departments. Would you say 
this is what helped you then develop a rock-solid, positive mental attitude to choose that path to of, of more self-awareness? Not to say it really just took it to the next level because the positive mental attitude, that was developed, at least in my life. That started back in 2013, and it really just was tested and proven in my own life as the years went along. Like like things I usually do every day, I usually try to read great things, like great positive mental material, whether it's an inspirational quote, a chapter from a book, like even if it's a few positive hosts like heck even some dad jokes like to share some dad jokes as well because we all need humor and really like in this life of brevity you need levity and just listening to great things and like podcasts heck even this podcast itself like anyone listening to this podcast you're doing a great job with that and just make like even visual as well like youtube is like a black hole these days you have to be careful not to get too sucked in too far and just encouraging myself and other people like always encouraging other people like a compliment just saying hi to people and encouraging myself because if someone's living and breathing they need encouragement especially ourselves on this journey of life because there's times when you're going to get down so a positive mental attitude is similar to <laughs> what the late great zig ziglar refers to as bathing it's something we have to do daily you have to really set the attention for your day, the day before, especially to really have a positive day and really do things to make that manifest. Let's talk a little bit more about podcasting. Um, you have started your podcast Going North. I actually don't know when you started it, but tell us more about that. Why and how did you start it? And it has become truly, truly successful. It was correct me if I'm wrong, listed as one of the top 10 self-help podcasters in the world, alongside Brandon Burkhardt, Gretchen Rubin, Lewis Howes, and others. Wow, congratulations, Tom, that's big. So tell us your story about going north as a podcast. Ah, uh, sure thing. So the podcast itself, that actually started It's going to be a five-year anniversary coming up this September, actually, where I really needed a way to market my book at the time because, like I mentioned earlier, my first book was published that year, 2016. Father passed away, and then I kind of lost track of the marketing and everything else. And I'm like, oh, maybe I should really get back to work on this because my dad was a hard worker, and he was an influence in that. Even in his 80s, he was still lifting heavy boxes at the local church because most of the kids were in school that could help out and with the podcast itself that originally was in my sphere of influence of actual activity like i felt like it was something i could do because folks for years like oh yeah Dom, you got this great radio voice and i'm like all right cool i guess i'll go on ahead and get into this whole radio thing and at first i'm like oh yeah podcasting that's a, that's the lazy man's radio station I used to jokingly say that for years, but uh, it's actually not true. There's a lot of hard work in a podcast. So for those on the outside looking in, be like, oh, yeah, podcast. Yeah, it sounds easy. Like, no, it, it it's, it's not easy. It's simple somewhat, but it's not easy. And I had the idea for the show. It was originally going to be called the Mr. Music and Reads podcast, where I highlight independent musicians and books that I like to read. And after talking with a buddy of mine in coaching and reading a book by Derek Sivers called Anything You Want, when being inspired by his story of how I created CD Baby, interviewing independent 
not interviewing, basically creating CD Baby to sell music for independent artists. Like I was like, you know what? I'll make my show all about interviewing authors, especially self-published nonfiction authors. And I'm going to call it the Going North podcast because my friend brought up the point that Going North was basically my brand because it was the name of my book. And that name came from me <laughs> jokingly one day taking someone's question literally because I'm sure someone's asked you before, Christian. Hey, how's it going? And I'm like, hey, I'm going north. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Even though it feels cold sometimes. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's like, hey. Got, got nature's cocaine on my body, a.k.a. snow. <laughs> <laughs> I really love it. And I also love that you focus on, on, on authors uh, in your podcast. And I would like to come back to your wonderful coaching around self-awareness. We are living in truly, truly rocking times. What do you think are the three skills that millennials should develop and eventually master? Because they will live in even more complicated and complex times than we are now. Yeah, yeah, definitely say that again. So the three skills, the first one, financial literacy, definitely financial literacy. Like that's something that definitely needs to be taught in schools. Uh, actually, in America, the state of Florida, they <laughs> surprisingly Florida of all states, they're actually making a financial literacy class for high school students and it's a mandatory class they have to take before graduation. And that's actually similar to a consumer math class I had to take back in my 12th year of high school. So definitely financial literacy. So that way folks will get the knowledge that they need to better manage their finances. And even if they don't listen, it's good to at least plant that seed of, Hey, at least plan for your financial future. The second one is communication skills. And when I say communication skills, similar to my cloud of self-awareness that branches in multiple areas, communication skills is a giant cloud that branches off into multiple areas. Public speaking, definitely one of the major pillars under that communication skill, because if you can speak publicly in front of others, in front of a small group of people or a multitude of people, that'll set you apart because a lot of folks are still afraid to give a speech in public, the classic joke that I think was a Seinfeld joke where guy was like, hey, <laughs> I'd rather be the guy in the casket than the guy giving the eulogy. Then the other part of it, basically written communication. You can't really emoji your way to the top, especially when you're communicating with one another. Like, hey, you can you can always add one or two emojis that make sense, like a smiley face or whatever depending on the context and the conversation, who you're communicating with, but have to be able to really get your message apart in written form and verbal form and body language, being able to read body language. I know in this digital age where a lot of us are really, I guess, waist up on Zoom cameras, it, it may not be as necessary, but it's still pretty necessary because you want to at least be able to read facial expressions when you're communicating with others to make sure it's like, oh, Looks like they're falling asleep. Oh, they got their arms folded. They might not like my message or they're just probably really thinking about something. Let me break off to a different area. So communication skills. We got financial literacy, communication skills. And the third one is how to network and build relationships with high value folks. 
And the reason why I say high value is because everyone listening right now, every human being on earth has value already. It's another reason why I say in my bio to help you unlock your inner value because we all have value already. It's just finding the right avenue to let your gift unleash on the world. And some folks have let their gift be unlocked at a higher level than some others and being able to connect with those folks and really learn from them. Heck, even having some of them as your mentors and always bettering yourself as a result, you never know what may come down the road because sometimes just saying hi every now and then, checking up on people, weak ties can lead to a greater amount of success. Heck, even that's actually one of the things that led me to becoming an author is because some folks have challenged me to write a book. And sometimes I've told folks that I was going to write this book and some of them I've never even met again. I told them once that one time and even putting their names down of people that, hey, like these people are counting on me, never even met them again. So yeah, so those three things like networking with high value people and building those relationships, communication skills and financial literacy. Dom, that's amazing. And it is a wonderful lead in to the question I'm asking each of my guests, which is, what's the legacy you want to leave behind other than money? Ah, good question. Because I mean, money, like, Thank my you. goodness, like, <laughs> everybody wants to, well, maybe not everybody, but. Well, you were talking sense. about financial literacy, so <laughs> it is important money, but, <laughs> but my podcast is all about, you know, how you want to be remembered. And most people forget, actually, that they are not remembered for all the money they made. So I really want to know from you how you want to be remembered. Yeah, he meant to that because I don't want to be the richest man in the graveyard. I forget that. <laughs> that's too. That's too much pressure. People need I to mean, know there's nothing that. wrong with that. But then money, you know, has a short lifetime when it comes down to the most human and the most important stuff that we all need as human beings. You know. Definitely. Well, the legacy I want to leave is incomplete yet immaculate. A guy that took a lot of action to really, even though it wasn't always perfect, yet it was immaculate because he took action and made others feel better and helped others to advance in life. So I want to be known as the guy who helped others to advance in life and actually cared about people and helped them to get a higher level of living and think bigger and get to higher levels in life. So that's the legacy I want to leave, just for folks to really live bigger, think bigger, and to really feel bigger emotionally and intentionally, heck, even spiritually as well. Definitely not in the waistline, though. I don't want to be the waistline guy. That, that COVID's done enough of the waistline stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's just great. That's fantastic, Dom. Is there anything you want to add? Uh, sure thing. I definitely want to add. Well, one thing I want to leave folks with is that you matter. Those two words, you matter. Because if you're listening to this today, that means you have a heartbeat and that you're meant for more. You're meant to do something here on Earth. You may not know what it is yet, but if you get around the right people, you may find out what it is. I still remember one guy at his leadership conference. He mentioned how he was basically washing tractor trailers and he prayed for the chance to really catch someone else's dream and to help them build their dream. And as a result, he's actually the leader 
of one man's four other companies that is combining into one company. And that all happened because even though he felt lost at the time and he was still listening to some self-help tapes, he actually had the belief that he mattered enough to help someone else build their dream and thus helping him to live his dream of being someone and helping to direct others to their next level of greatness. So definitely want to leave folks with the message that you matter. Dom, there is nothing to add from my side. That's just amazing. Thank you so much for having been my guest on Before It's Too Late Today. Yeah, thanks again for having me. Can't wait to return to favor. Get to switch the positions. Have you on going north. I really enjoyed this profound conversation, and I hope you did too. For more episodes of Before It's Too Late, make sure to subscribe. If this episode spoke to you, consider sharing it with a friend or loved one you think might benefit from it. Thank you for listening.